warning, this review on Midnight Movie Professionals of the movie Bad Boys for Life is rated R and will have some spoilers. Consider yourself warned. The, the premiere of Bad Boys for Life's Midnight Movie Confessionals will begin in 3, 2, 1. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. Happy New Year, everyone. I just came out of Bad Boys for Life, the 2020, the new, the first 2020 movie, re- movie review for me that stars Will Smith, Joe Pantoliano, Martin Lawrence, and a bunch of other people. I don't really remember the names right now off the top of my head, but I believe it also has Vanessa Hudgens, Dicky Jam, Alex Lodwig, Charles Melton, Paola Nunez. Kate Del Castillo and uh, well I'm gonna say this was a good movie I was glad that I waited so long to see it well i not really waited so long I just waited a long time because it took a long time to come out <clears throat> so the story goes as the boys Martin and Lawrence, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith have been together for 25 years as partners they're on their way to see his daughter, Megan, finally become a mother for the first time in her life. Marcus decides to, in all good conscience, decide to retire fully because he's just, he's done with the life. He's been working together with Mike for 25 years. Okay, so why does he want to retire? Well, he's said this before in the last movie in Bad Boys 2 that he's done, he's retiring. He's transferring, whatever, he's done. I'm not doing this shit anymore. All this and that, all the bullshit. He just said, I'm done. And quite frankly, I can agree that many people can be done with a lot of things in life. After 25 years of being a cop and a part, with a partner for a long time, yeah, that can also, that can, uh, that could be a good reason to retire. After retire, like, but um, meanwhile, while this is all going on, <clears throat> a woman that we don't really know yet, but we're going to call her La Bruja, the witch, in other words, is um, planning to escape prison with her son. When she does so, she makes her son take the ultimate vow of revenge against some people. We don't really know exactly why. We learn later on in the movie. But, uh... This movie, like this movie, like I said, has some really great, strong turning points. Like it literally has some points where it's like, holy mackerel, it's intense and crazy. Like it's to the point where it's just like, whoa, this is just not okay to me sometimes. But what happens is that we find out that he's after Mike, Mike, Will Smith's character, and he want, and he's after everyone else. That he knows, like any associates, anything like that. And basically he's after everyone that worked on this case where Mike worked undercover many years ago before he was uh, on the like on the Miami PD. So meanwhile, while this is going on, after he's gone after everyone, we get to meet this uh, new task force named Ammo. That's a comp- that's for the Miami Police Department. Basically, ammo is basically like this 
very strange task force that uh, basically, um, more or less, is like the new version of TNT, which was in the first and the second one, where Joe Pantoliano's character was captain of all that. Basically, he was the captain that said, yeah, we're running TNT, Tactical Narcotic Team. And this is now the new version of TNT in a sense. They're a tactical task force. They're a, ta they're a task force that's like just known to get the job done with new technology, like and just run it all around. It's being run by a familiar face in the whole series, Rita from the first Bad Boys movie, who later became a cop <coughs> and later became a part of the team, a part of the IAPD. So now, while this is going on, quite frankly, I could say, at this moment in time, that it's, like, in general, pretty interesting to see that they're all, like, decked up with new toys and drones, like, they're not really doing, like, much police work that you normally would suspect on an everyday day on the job. But, uh, one day, like, after, more or less, Mike gets shot, Marcus and them are trying to find out who's behind it all. And after Mike is recovered, Marcus just says, I'm done, man. You almost died. I want to live my life. I don't want to be a part of any crazy shit. I don't want to die at all. Like, I want to live. And he quite frankly does this. He says, I'm done. I'm retired. He takes care of the kid. He takes care of himself, more or less tries to do whatever. And uh, one day while he's taking care of business at home, Mike goes back on the job. And Captain Harding, or whatever, I can't remember his name right now, Captain, Joe Pagliano's character, says, no, man, I'm not going to let you go back out there and get shot again. No way, man. Not happening. But he's just like, no, I want to do this myself. He wants to find out who killed, who tried to kill him. And then he finds out this guy makes custom machine gun bullets he's going to sell to a buyer. And, uh, well, Marcus and the team get back in, like, go get involved, more or less. Because this guy is popping off old friends and old associates of Marcus and Mike. And he's trying to find out why. Like, they're trying to find out why exactly, and it's just a big, big chase after chase after chase, action scene after action scene after action scene, and more or less when they get to this huge moment in the movie, what happens? We find out, like, more or less what happens mostly is that they go through some crazy stuff, more or less in the sense of, like, basically the cop is like, yeah, I'm whatever. Like, they... Almost like basically what happens is that everything that's going on, we find out that the mother of the, of the kid who's on the revenge mission is actually some crazy woman who has had these people on their list for a long time ever since she went to jail for life. So she decides to cap everyone. She even caps the captain herself and uh what really makes it worse is that 
when they attend the funeral. More or less, Marcus is just like after the funeral saying, one last time, forever, this is it, this is it. We're doing it now. We're going after this motherfucker. We're gonna cap his ass. We're gonna cap his ass all the way to 10 buck two cap in his ass. So they decide to join forces with ammo. They get into a crazy, sicky situation that ends, like that has them end up at a club where they're like, okay, let's deal with this ourselves. They decide to end it with, like, end it themselves. And, uh, well, that goes pretty fucking pear shaped. So more things go on. Like, hell, there's even a chase sequence where Mike and Marcus decide to. Go from the club and chase one of the assassin, like one of the assassins' friends, and they can't do a dodge journey. And they have, like, his ammo is trying to do this next gen, shoot now with rubber bullets, ask questions later sort of shit, where they're not actually using real bullets. They decide to just say, fuck this shit, we're using real, like, basically when they try to capture the guy, they get surrounded. Ammo protects Marcus and Mike, who then get into a, t- a bike with a sidecar where the shit really gets hitting into overdrive. And, uh, well, when it hits overdrive, boy howdy, does it hit overdrive because Marcus is like, I, I can't shoot anymore, people, Mike. I can't do this shit. I can't. I can't shoot people. I've made a vow to God I would never shoot people again. Never kill anyone. And Mike just talks him out of it, like saying, no, this is what you're gonna do now. You're gonna shoot some people with this gun because that's your job right now. So they start to do that. And when they do that, they're starting to get, okay, this is what's happening. We're going wild now, baby. We're going real wild. They have a tandem, they have a bike with a sidecar with an M60 machine gun. Like, this shit got turned up to the next level real fast, real quick. Just intense, bro. Like, it just went out of the way to the extreme nuts. I guess it's due to the fact that it's made by... Like, this movie... I think the reason why it went so crazy is because we got Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer helping make this movie, which has been 17 years in the making. It's been a long time, and the only reason why it took so long was mostly due to the fact that it was mostly about Will Smith having to deal with the crap. And um, more or less, they find out why this guy has such a mysterious link to Mike's past, in a sense. And it's like years before Marcus is even on the force. Apparently, it's like a year before he joined the force. Captain Howard, the captain, picked him up out of the academy, just fresh. Like, not even, he was still in the academy, still wet behind the ears, fresh. And he decided to say, you know what? I need you to do me a big favor, Mike. I need you to do me this big favor. You're going to go undercover, deep, 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 deep cover. No one's going to know who you are. You're not going to be real, Michael Aaron at all and you do this job man you do this job and you get your detective badge or some shit like that i don't know exactly 
how to explain it. I just know it was an intense moment in his life. He was undercover for this cartel in Mexico. And he decides to say, yeah, this is what I did. And when he does it, he says, yeah, I did this shit. I did that. I also may have fucked this bitch who is known as La Bruja, also known as the witch. And uh, he quite frankly says, you know what? I fucked up. This, like, what may have happened is after she went to jail a couple months later, she gave birth to this kid who might very well be my kid. He might very well be my son. He acts just like me. He's like me mixed with the devil, man. He's fucking crazy. Like, Mike is having a bit of a breakdown thinking about this, thinking, oh my God, what have I done? And in the midst of all that, ammo, the task force led by Rita gets shut down. And uh, while that happens, Mike and Marcus are talking to each other, talking about this shit, and they're like, I'm not going to let anyone die because of me, not anymore. I'm done. I'm literally saying one last ride, let's do it, let's go down and stop, let's go down in flames, together, you and I, right now, let's do it. And they're like, okay, let's do it. Mike says that he's going to go alone. Marcus follows him, just like Rita kind of follows everyone else. In a sense, they bring the whole team. And they plan everything out properly. Where they use Mike as bait. He's saying, I'll be the guy that goes in alone on the bait. She needs to talk to me one last time before anything else happens. Because she, he, knows, she, he knows she wants to kill him. And her son, his son, also wants to kill him too. So he decides to do that. And all the while, they're getting ready to pack up, like pack up and get in there and just go just balls to the wall crazy in there. And what's funnier about it as well is that the fact is he's doing this, they're doing it all together. But at the same time, we have no idea why he's doing it. I guess he's doing it just for the fact of redemption maybe I don't know we don't know exactly all we know is this guy is just a like Mark and Mike and Marcus are about to die probably for some crazy shit so when they find out there's some cartel members coming in and they're packing up like it's World War 4 or some shit like they're getting ready to do some massive massive damage they decide to just go in balls like just balls the wall crazy Ammo comes in. In some ways, they save the day, but they do it in such a fashion that's just yes. And um, more or less, once they are out of there, well, pretty much what happens is that there's a helicopter coming to take the uh, the witch and her son away, but. Marcus and Mike decide to go after them and for the longest time Marcus has been like no I don't want to wear my glasses I don't want to wear my glasses I don't like wearing my glasses they're too stupid he finally puts them on 
and he's like literally like, whoa, this is some HD shit, Mike. Like he's like, cause he doesn't want to wear the glasses cause he thinks he looks stupid on them. But he's finally wearing something that he deserved, like he needed to wear for the longest time. He just never decided to wear it. Like wear them, cause he's an idiot. But that's his job, that's part of the comedy foil of this shit. Like he decides to do that. They decide to go after them. And when he gets, like, when Mike gets to the, the sun, he's like, big spoiler right here, guys <laughs> and gals. If you don't want to listen to this already, I'm sorry, I should have said maybe skip to the end, which would be around the 20 minute mark for the rating and whatnot. But basically, big spoiler, he's like, I am your dad. I am actually your father. And he just doesn't believe it. He keeps on fucking beating the shit out of Mike just to the point where he's like, say it one more time, say it one more time so I can kill you myself. Like, he's doing shit like that and it's just like, yeah, this guy is just gonna, oof. But by the time everything goes down, <coughs> sorry, by the time that happens, he's basically just like, it's the place where they met, like where they're meeting one last time, is like falling apart, it's just on fire, it's literally just crumbling. And he decides to say, is he, like he's, he makes his mother say, is he my father, yes or no? Just tell me the fucking truth. Tell me! Like he does some shit like that, and uh, she says, yes, he is your father. And he's like, no. And basically, she shoots the son, and then Marcus decides to shoot her, as well as uh, Rita. They shoot her de- uh, dead. Marcus is about to fall. Mike and the son decide to save him. Everyone's out. They're getting the son some medical attention. They're trying to like save everyone who's in who's hurt or what have you. That's there, and they're just like saying, whatever. Then it flash forwards to a little bit later, saying, you know what? Congratulations to Rita becoming the captain. And it has one more moment where it's like, because of because of Megan and Reggie having a kid. And what's funny is that Reggie, introducing Bad Boys 2, is a decorated Marine now. Like, he's not really the decorated decorator. He's not like a highly decorated, he's not like a, Medal of Honor winner or something like that, like, he's just decorated, he's a Marine, he's done well, he's doing well, he's served his country, they have a kid, now, he decides to say, yep, I'm doing this, and, uh, Mike decides to take care of the baby, and he has Emma help him, meanwhile, some of the crew is just saying, you know what, I'm glad that we're all together now. Well, they all decide to go to work. Mike's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go take care of the kid, whatever. He doesn't want to, but he has to now. While Marcus and uh, Teresa, his wife, whom I didn't really mention much, but she's in the movie a little bit. Not as much as she was in the first and the second, but she's in there. They decide to go on a spa day together where they could just relax for a couple days because Megan and Reggie are on the honeymoon. So Mike's out to deal with the kid himself, and when they start crying, it's just the funniest thing, because then you hear 
them singing the theme song to Battle to Cops. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. And it's just, <laughs> it's too funny. It's too funny for words. I love the movie. This is gonna be the first review of this year that isn't a part of the Bebop Sessions. And it's the first for Midnight Movie Confessionals of this year. It might be the only one this year I'll ever give, but Bad Boys for Life gets the first of 2020, probably the first of this decade, because I'll probably keep doing this for a long time, a 10 out of 10. It is, maybe I'm biased, but I will probably do a redux on some of these movies I've given 10 out of 10s. Like, I honestly think it's amazing. I think the music, which was done very well by, what was their name? It was done by Lauren Baff. Baff. All I know is I love the music in the movie. It was great. You know what, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too biased, but you know what, I'm gonna say, instead of a 10 out of 10, I'm gonna give it an eight out of 10. This is a go see it in theaters if you can. If you can't watch it on home release, just watch it. If you're a fa- like, if you're a fan of the Bad Boys franchise and you wanted to see this movie, my advice to you is go see it. If you can, don't waste your money right away to go see it. But if you haven't had a chance to see it when it comes out in theaters in the first couple weeks, that's okay. You don't have to. That's up to you. But ladies and gentlemen. 2020 has now started. What's in store for uh, Midnight Movie Confessionals? Well, a lot of you may ask what's happening for Midnight Movie Confessionals, but you know what? There's going to be a lot more Midnight Movie Confessionals this year than there was last year. I thank everyone who started listening to these podcasts. I may just be listening to them myself. Who knows? I just know that I've started these. It's the first of 2020. It is... Unbiased, an 8 out of 10 for Bad Boys for Life, but biased, it's a 10 out of 10. And the next movie I might do might very well be something I may not like. Who knows? I may actually record something from, I might watch an older movie and like talk about how much I like it or how much I don't like it. Who knows? But right now, while I'm trudging through this snow, that I think has slowly frozen over. I am gonna have to say thank you again for listening to my review on Bad Boys for Life on Midnight Movie Confessionals. I am your host, Scott Betson, and I will see you at the cinemas next time. End transmission. <laughs>